Folks, it's your boy here, Dr. Sean Thomas, with episode 23 of the Be More Today show. We're back, we're back, we're back in the building, and it's so good to be back here again. My quotation for today is very, very simple. All change comes from keeping small promises. The shortest distance between you and the future you dream about is action. Mel Robbins. Listen, folks, this is a time where a lot of people are starting to get back into the regular routines. They're getting back into their regular lifestyle, turning back to work, doing things like they had planned to do when we started 2020, before COVID-19, before all the madness. But the one thing we have to keep consistent is keeping our small promises. And I know each of you probably made promises to yourself at the beginning of this year to do something. You want to be better at your job, better in terms of your fitness. Some kind of capacity, you want to do something better for this year. Now is the time for you guys to get that in line. 2020 is at the the midpoint going towards the end of 2020, and we have to make some changes in our life to make sure we keep the promises that we set at the beginning of this year. So I know what it is that you're trying to do, what you wanted to do. I know COVID-19 threw a big monkey wrench in everyone's plans, Uh, but we still have the latter part of this year to make the most of it, to make the most of life. We're still here. We still have the opportunity to eat and breathe and sleep, and we have to make sure that we take this opportunity to be the best that we can while we still have time left on this earth. So like Ro Robbins says, keeping those small promises, it's the shortest distance between you and your future you to dream about. Make sure you take action this week to remember what you plan to do and to get it done. That's my charge for you this week, folks. Keep those promises. They're small, but they make a big difference in your life. Folks, my guest for today's show is an old friend of mine. Uh, I haven't reached out to him in a long time. Last time I saw him was in Kingston, Jamaica, at one of the best weddings I've ever been to in my entire life. But uh, his name is Kari Stevenson, and he is a fellow Choate Remy Hall alumni. Now, his bio is very, very intense, so stick with me. Hailing from Kingston, Jamaica, a product of the Real Mona Youth System, Stevenson played college soccer at Williams College from 2000 to 2003, where he was named Division III First Team All-American his junior and senior seasons. In his senior year, Stevenson scored 15 goals for the team and finished his career there with 40 goals and 18 assists. Before playing at Williams, he was a star of his prep school soccer team at Choate Rosemary Hall in Wallingford, Connecticut, the best school in the world. He appeared for the Jamaican U-20s in the 2001 FIBA World Youth Championship in Argentina and made his debut for the Reggae Boys in 2004 against Guatemala. From there, he played professionally for 12 years, playing for teams such as Kansas City Wizards, the San Jose Earthquakes, and the San Antonio Scorpions. Carlos traveled all around the world to Scandinavia, to Sweden, to Norway, and has shared his skill of soccer for the last 12 years. As a retired player now, he works currently for a cyberspace company called CrowdStrike and will continue to use his skills uh, professionally on the soccer field for his current position. His long legacy of, of soccer is amazing, and I want to introduce my friend, my triple jump champion, my Choke Rosemary Hall boy, Kari Stevenson. Kari, what's going on, man? Hey, Sean, what's going on, man? Been a while. Been a yeah. while, but nice nice hearing from you, nice catching up, and looking forward to, to doing the show with you, man. Yeah, it's been a long time, man. I have, I have watched you and admired you from far for a very long time. Uh, 
from watching you play in, in, in football games and seeing you on TV and telling my patient, look, I know that guy. I know that guy. Uh, it's been really cool to see your journey. And I'm just super impressed by all you've done. Uh, everything from, from trip with Mary Hall, where we did track and field together. You played soccer there clearly. Um, and you were fantastic. You were phenomenal. Uh, we ran track together and you beat my triple jump record. I'm still upset about that, but, uh, <laughs> we, you, you just, you've always been a stellar athlete. So seeing you on the, the big stage with the bright lights was never really um, an understatement. We knew you, you'd get there. So um, thanks for being on the show today. Yeah, man, thanks. And, you know, you mentioned triple jump, man. It's been a while since I've, I've thought about track and field. So, yeah, that, that was interesting. And, and that was a fun time. That was yeah, a fun man. Time. You were my best competition. And I appreciated it. Um, but now we want to talk about you and, and how you've been doing. What's your situation right now with, with COVID-19? Where are you and how, how are you and your family doing? So I'm, I'm in San Jose, California. Um, retired, well, from soccer here, last team with the earthquakes and figured well, I'm in the epicenter of a tech. Why not go to tech company? So been here working from home for the past couple months. Well, seems like a couple, but it's like five or six though. Who's keeping going? So yeah, just kind of working from home, social distancing, trying to be smart and, and safe. Had two COVID tests so far. Both have been negative. So yeah, just kind of living life and waiting on things to open up. Awesome. So what kind of work are you doing right now? So right now I'm in cybersecurity. I've been at this company, CrowdStrike, for the past year and a half. And for those who don't know, CrowdStrike, we're the ones who funded was Russia hacking the DNC during the elections in 2016. So we, um, yeah, so that's kind of what brought us claim to fame. But we prevent companies from getting breached. And if you do get breached, we'll help with your proactive or reactive services. So oh. if, you need, if you need cybersecurity, give us a call. <laughs> that's awesome. That's, that's a company that's worldwide or is that in a particular area? Global. Global. It was formed in, in um, Southern California. Our two founders were both executives at McAfee. One was a CTO and one was a head of threat intelligence. Awesome. So, yeah, they wanted a, to, to have a product that was easy to deploy, easy to manage that prevented breaches. And here we are, 10 years after the company started. Gotcha. Awesome. Cool. So I, I kind of want to talk about your your progress from football to where you're at. So let's go back to the beginning. I know you played football at Choate. I know you were a big time footballer in, in Jamaica, clearly. Uh, and after, I know you went to Williams. Um, so what was the, the, the walk from Williams into uh, professional soccer, professional football? So from Williams, um, you know, doing well with, with, with the soccer team at Williams, garnering those, those accolades, first team All-American, conference player of the year, and all of that. I was drafted in the MLS um, Super Draft. They have a combine similar to NFL, NBA, and went out there, I was, I was one of the unknowns coming from a Division three school. So I was one of two Division three guys out of actually 60. And made a name for myself, got drafted. Um, Chicago drafted me. That year they drafted about 10, 10 kids. And they didn't have as many spots. So they traded my rights to Kansas City. Kansas City offered me a contract. Um, and I was there for two years. At the time... I was the first ever um, rookie developmental player to 
ever start in an MLS Cup final. And I actually had more playoff minutes than regular season minutes. Mm. That was pretty cool. Um, so then two years in Kansas City, and then from there I went to Sweden, which, which was pretty cool. I was in Gothenburg, um, was on a newly promoted team, had a really good season, and AIK, one of the top teams in Sweden, bought me. So that was great. It was great being on on such a world-class team. They, they have a, a, a long history. So they actually beat Barcelona in in one of the Europa in the one of the UEFA competitions by in the late nineties. And then from there went to Olesund in Norway, did a couple of years there, came to San Jose on loan, um, did well and I was like, you know what, maybe it's it's time to come back closer to home. Yeah. Right? Going from Europe back to to the US. Um, San Jose for a couple of years, went to Salt Lake for a year. We went to both finals and unfortunately lost. They had, you know, salary cap issues, so a couple of the players had to go. And then came back to San Jose, played two more years, went on loan to San Antonio for a month. I was coming off of an injury and just needed to, to get some games. And came back to San Jose and kind of wrapped up my career at the end of, I think, 2015, 2016. So, so yeah, um, did that. Wanted to, to take an entire year off to do absolutely nothing. Mm-hmm. But kind of not easy when you're in the most expensive part of the country. Right. So, <laughs> so um, you know, I, I kind of later on for two weeks got lethargic and, you know, what? I was like, I, I need to figure out exactly what I want to do. So started reaching out to, to my network, to my friends, you know, tell me more about your role, what you do, what's your day to day. So I could kind of figure out what exactly I wanted to do, which it's still a work in progress. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, when I was moving from San Jose to Salt Lake, well, well, back from Salt Lake to San Jose, I met, I struck a conversation with a lady sitting beside me and she was one of the VPs at Adobe, right? And she was one of those people I reached out to, you know, hey, Holly, done playing, trying to figure out what to do. Can we meet to discuss more about Adobe, what you do, and if there might be any opportunities for me? Mm. And that kind of, and I had that, that same email and conversation with tons of people. I probably met around 400 people in, in a couple months. Um, so yeah, 10 months later, I was, I was working at Adobe and that was a great experience. I was working on their Adobe stock product, which is their platform of stock imagery. And it was funny on some of my calls because I was in the collection from the editorial side. So they partnered with USA Today Sports and there are so many of my soccer pictures in there. So I just bring it up on call sometimes and that yeah. just shifted the entire conversation. So that was fun. Um, so yeah, two years at Adobe, I moved up from an account development manager to an enterprise sales rep. So I was working on a lot of these huge accounts like Apple and eBay, PayPal, Bank of America and whatnot. Um, but you know, obviously Adobe is a great company. Um, they were the first to, to do digital transformation and you can see how well the company is doing now. And that provided a, a great background for me to start. I'm in sales now for me to start a career in sales. Granted, you can start from sales and move into many different things like doctors are in sales. Lawyers are in sales. You have a service that you're selling, right? So from this side, technology side, it's, I have a product that I'm selling, um, so great experience moving, you know, from, um, SDR to exec account executive and then transitioned into this role at CrowdStrike in cybersecurity. So, you know, you hear about these big breaches all the time on the news, 
So, you know, this is actually helping people in the real world. How can I help your company to have a, a better IT security posture to help to prevent a breach? So that's a quick, my life in my, my last 15, 20 years in two minutes. Yeah. <laughs> that's very impressive. So when you were at Williams, uh, did you think that you want to be playing professional football or were you thinking about majoring or doing some kind of other job after college? Well, since I was four, I wanted to be a professional soccer player. But the reality is, regardless of, of how good you are, sometimes you need luck, right? You can work twice as hard as everyone. You can do all the right things, but just never get your break. And, you know, it was a, a real possibility that soccer wouldn't have been my future, which was part of why I ended up going to really good schools. So if soccer didn't work out, then I have a, a degree in economics with a lot of psychology and did interviews and, and everything. So I, I could have ended up in New York doing investment banking or, or consulting. But, you know, I kind of took, my, took a leap and things kind of worked out. And there were many times along the way where I just thought things would, would end abruptly. So after playing 12 years, it's, it's kind of funny looking back where it's like, geez, after, after year one, I thought that my career could, could end. And after year three, it's like, wow, I can't believe I'm 25 and this is the end of my soccer. Mm. But, you know, sometimes it's luck. Sometimes it's being in the right place at the right time. So, you know, it's, I'll always say I don't think I would have done things differently. Mm. You know, partially, we wouldn't be here having this conversation if things may have gone a different direction, right? So, yeah. So, thank you for sharing that. Now, just in thinking about the, you, you mentioned luck and timing. Um, clearly, you have soccer skills, right? And you've played against some of the best in the world. How much of being in that uh, percentage of people who are able to play MLS or professional soccer, how much of it is really about athleticism, how, how talented you are? And how much of it is really about, like you said, luck and timing? You know, it's, it's hard to actually put a number on that because there are some players in the world who are extremely talented but never get a chance. And there are some players in the world who are not that talented, um, very athletic or just super hardworking, and they're playing at some of the biggest clubs in the world. So sometimes it, it, I wish I could say, but I think for each individual it's different. For some it's, be, it's luck, for some it's talent and hard work. Because um, every team does um, needs a mix of, of all these kinds of players, um, but yeah, it's it's impossible to put a percentage on you know how much of it is hard work and how much is luck. Gotcha. Okay. So you had the uh, the privilege of, of playing with the U twenty FIBA Youth Championship team, the Reggae Boys in Argentina. What was that like playing against Guatemala at that young age on that big of a stage? So you know the the U twenty World Cup. That is, this, I want to say the second biggest um, world um, competition out there for national teams. It's the highest at the youth level. So it's the same format as the, the normal World Cup. It's just an age limit at, at 20 and under. So in Argentina, that was, that was a crazy feeling, you know, playing in some of these huge stadiums, like 80,000-seat stadiums, and having people screaming for you. And obviously, I don't think there's any better feeling 
and representing your country. So having that that flag on, on your chest, you know, that crest, it was a great honor playing for the country. Um, so it's it's one of those feelings that I don't think I can ever forget. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Now, I know you're Jamaican. Clearly, I've been with you in Jamaica. We've had fun times together. I know your whole crew, um, as we share crews, clearly. But I also know that you were in Scandinavia and Sweden during your time playing professionally. What was it like with, you know, your heritage and, and your background being in these places that were very, very different from Jamaica. What was that like? Yeah, so it was it was my first time living in Europe, which which was different at first after living in the States for I think at the time it could have been eight years. So completely different culture. And I think one being an athlete, you're treated very differently um, in a good light. And and also being from Jamaica where everyone is like, whoa, Bob Marley, we love reggae music. So I think that helped a lot with the transition. You know, your first friends for me on any team are your teammates, right? And you come in and for the mo- in the beginning, it's, wow, he, here's a guy who, who wants to take away one of our, our buddy spots. So we're not going to treat him well. But then, you know, after playing and they're like, whoa, this kid can play, you know, we want him on our team. Let's see how best we can integrate him with us and how, how best can we accommodate him. So I think soccer was great at helping me get settled. And then I think also part of being Jamaican was great with, with, with getting around and meeting people. So I had a lot of people wanting to meet me, not just because I was a soccer guy, but because mm-hmm. I was Jamaican. Mm-hmm. So Jamaica has a huge, um, a big culture around the world. Right. Yeah, no, definitely. Definitely around the world. And I mean, so does football. Football globally is, you know, one of the most watched sports. But I know when it comes to U.S., it's not as popular. And what are your thoughts on why it's not so popular with here in the U.S.? So it's, it's, it's mostly a cultural question. So, you know, soccer is pretty much the oldest sport in the world. Um, like in America, football, basketball, baseball. Those are the sports that most most kids grew up playing. Obviously, it's changing a little bit now because there's actually the term soccer mom. You don't have like peewee football mom or like little league mom. There's a term soccer mom. So most kids grow up playing the sport, but then they transition into everything else. A lot of my buddies at, at Williams grew up playing soccer. Um, you may have at some point growing up. You could have played maybe for a summer or something. But then I think what happened was the, um, with the other major sports, you hear about all this money that these guys are making. You know, football guy signs a contract for $100 million. Basketball guy signs a contract for $200 million. Baseball guy signs a contract for half a billion. So why, why are you going to play this sport where, you know, it doesn't pay you that much, right? Um, and the, the contracts are kind of catching up. I think the highest paid in MLS makes, I don't know, between 5 to $10 million a year. Um, but yeah, it will take time. It's just that the other sports have been around for a much longer period of time and kids were taken to, to these games by their grandparents, right? You know, take me out to the ball game. So it's, it's a whole different culture and it's, it's slowly changing, but, but yeah, it's, it's coming around in all those other countries, you know, basketball isn't that predominant. They don't really play baseball in Europe. They do in Asia. Right. They don't play basketball. They kind of do, but 
it, it's not on, on, on such of a broad scale as it is in, in the U.S. Right, right, right. Now, given that, I have to ask, you know, because you were super talented in terms of everything. I mean, when you ran track, you were fast as lightning. Um, <laughs> when you played soccer, you were just as fast with the ball. You could play any sport. And, you know, given what you just told me in terms of the salaries for what they were playing or are continuing to pay for for MLS, why did you pick soccer? I know you said you wanted to play since you were a kid, but of all the sports that you could have played, why did you choose soccer to, to be the one that you gave your these 12 years to? So it, it goes back to that cultural thing. So in Jamaica, um, the predominant sports were soccer, track and field, and cricket. Um, basketball came around when we were in high school, so I played a little bit. But, you know, that's just what it was. My, my dad used to play. We used to go in and, and, and watch him play. My older brother used to play. And, like, I started playing when I was three years old because of my brother. Like, he came home kicking a ball around, and I was like, I want to play. And I could not get the ball from him. So I'm like, I want to play this sport. <laughs> as simple as it sounds. And at three years old, that's how I started um, playing. And for some reason, I really wanted to be good at it. So I may have been 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 given some God-given talent, but I think I put in a lot of hours of work mm. um, honing my skills to, to try to become a, a special player. Mm. Mm. Well, clearly you have because you've been so successful over the years. Um, and you play against some of the best in the game. Uh, you know, I've never been, done anything on that level. You know, I, did, I ran track for D1 clearly, but, you know, professional levels are totally different. What's it like playing against the best of the best? You talked about your conditioning and all those things, but what's it like playing against the best of the best when it came to your field? And what was it like seeing the people who, uh, you know, you know, in Jamaica and even probably here at Williams, you were great, but then being on the stage where everybody's great, what was that like? Yeah, it's it's, it's definitely not easy. And, you know, you, you can get caught up in the, oh my gosh, I used to watch this guy playing when I was in high school. Or, oh my gosh, I've seen this guy on TV playing in, in 100,000 seat stadiums. But, you know, I try to, to bring everything down and put it into perspective. And it's like, well, that person is a human just like I am, right? Um, I can work just as hard as they do. And obviously, different levels of experience, different levels of talent. But the older I got, I approached it more as, you know, they're human just like I am. Um, they can all hurt just like I do. They will all make mistakes because we're all human. So I brought, brought everything down into perspective. And it's like, hey, they're not bigger than me. And I think I'd use my size sometimes. They're not bigger or stronger or faster than me. So why am I going to be timid and be afraid of them? Mm. Like they should be afraid of me, mm. right? So I wasn't as aggressive as I could have been as a player. But I use that um, for my psyche to pump me up, to say, hey, you know, these guys aren't better than me because they're not bigger, faster, or stronger than I am. They can't take the ball from me. So why am I afraid of them? Yeah. So No, I hear that. Uh, yeah. And speaking of uh, big-time names, David Beckham. Uh, there's a, a YouTube video with you and David Beckham, which <laughs> went semi-viral for a little while. Um, can, you, can you just tell the listeners – what happened uh, during this game between you and David Beckham? So this, the, the, the clip that's been around, that was actually after the game ended. Um, and I was joking around with 
the the reserve goalie who came in at halftime because our, our starter got injured. And that goalie now, he's actually a goalie at the LA Galaxy. So I was joking around with him about something. And then Beckham comes around and he was in his face. And uh, and then I was like, come on, man. Like, game's done. Like, there's, there's no point. So I was like, you know, come out, get out of here, man. And then everyone thought we were fighting. So, and at the time that game was on, was on ESPN. So our mascot was right there with like a sports center ticker thingy. And so there was this like, who's that blue guy? Like, what's going on? It's like, well, so here's a story. This is what happened. I was kind of picking up for my teammate and everyone thought we're fighting. But, eh, you know, (laughs) it was interesting (laughs) seeing it broadcast it across the world and, you know, I was getting messages from people. Oh my gosh, you're coming to play here next week. Don't wash your hands. Or, um, you know, getting picture messages from my buddies. Yo, I'm watching Sports Center, and you're up front and center. Like, what's going on? Like, you're famous. I'm like, I don't think so, but okay, I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. I, I I remember you telling me the story, but I didn't know that it was actually after the game. Um, so it's so funny how you know things can be twisted and turned around with media but um no that, that's funny that your moment with David Beckham was was based on that so that's that's pretty cool Kari um so given all that's happening with MLS now soccer all sports really around the world with COVID-19 um and the limitation that we've been putting on now in terms of uh games you know no fans in the stadiums um for various sports what do you think the future is now for MLS now MLS as we know is is popular in many places, but you know, not, not the biggest here in, in, in the U S and um, even though people do like to watch on TV and what have you uh, numbers for the most part are not as competitive as like you said, the soccer, I mean the basketballs and the footballs and such. So what's the future for MLS moving forward? You think now in this new age of COVID-19. So, you know, prior to COVID-19, I think MLS was the second or third most attended sporting league in the country. Obviously, play a lot more games. We don't have 80,000 fans at, at, at stadiums, but just from a sheer numbers perspective, mm. second or third, um, it's past NBA for sure with, with, with attendance. But they're actually, and the league is growing. Like the, the average cost of a franchise now is upwards of you know, two, three hundred million, if not mm. more. Um, there, there are more soccer-specific stadiums around, like Miami, that David Beckham is a part of that ownership group. They're, they're in the process of building a stadium. And the league the league is definitely growing. They're playing with COVID right now. They're playing a, a little mini tournament in, in Orlando, Wild World of Sports, which is where NBA will be playing their thing. So um, having sports around is, I think it's definitely something that's needed, but it has to be done in the right way, in the right way to, to protect players and, and ensure that we don't spread, spread the virus. Yeah, yeah. Completely agree with that. And I think people are trying to do that. And, you know, we're, I think the whole world is trying to get back to a sense of normalcy when it comes to sports and everything, really. So I hope that works out and I hope it can be done um, efficiently and in a safe manner for all the players involved. Um, last question before the break, Kari. I know that um, now you work at CrowdStrike and you've, you've seen your career when it comes to soccer. Um, do you miss it? And what's your future in terms of where you see your next steps, uh, either in terms of football or in terms of your current job working with um, cybersecurity? 
Yeah, so it, it, it has been quite a change going from, from the sport into the corporate life. And to be honest, I do miss working two, three hours a day and, and making a lot more. Mm. You know, working 10 hours a day and making a fraction of that isn't fun. Mm. But, you know, as an athlete, unless you play golf, you can't really play forever. And that's one of those given things. And there's so many athletes. Like, I can understand why after an athlete retires, they they fall they get depressed they fall into a bout of depression and it's, it's hard to break out of you go from someone who you're walking on the street people will scream hey can i get an autograph hey it's what your name can i get a picture to a relative no one right so you'll you'll have these guys getting depressed and it's it's just difficult but like i knew i couldn't play forever it's great thing i went to a good school i, I had exposure to to a lot of different um, industries and, and roles. So even though I'm still, it's still a work in progress trying to figure out exactly what I want to do. My aim when I stopped was to try to figure out, you know, what would my day to day be? What I enjoyed from playing was meeting people, building relationships, and and not being stuck in an office all day. Granted, I'm still working on the not being stuck in the office all day, but I do have some travel when you know travel is is back to normal for work. And, and I think I, I've, I've found a, a true passion in cybersecurity. Mm. Like, I understand where, you know, our company helps, helps people, helps them from an efficiency standpoint, helps them from getting breached. And when I went home, actually, over the holidays, because I try to go home to Jamaica at least twice a year, and I reached out to a couple of these CIOs um, at the central bank, at some of these, these big com- companies, like, what are you guys doing around cybersecurity? And, you know, it's, it's something that's top of mind for, for all these executives. There are so many things happening in that landscape and there's a lack of knowledge. So, you know, maybe in time I can work my way back into, you know, being a, a cybersecurity expert in Jamaica. You know, being known as a, a soccer guy is great, but for me, that's all past. But how can I go back and actually give back, you know, help companies be more secure? So I think right now that's my line of thought, but who knows what the future will be. Gotcha. Gotcha. Folks, we're going to take a quick commercial break and back with more on the Be More Today show after these messages. What's going on, folks? We're still here in the building. Episode 23 here with Kari Stevenson, a retired football player. Uh, the man, that's all I can really say. He's done so many great things for uh, Kingston, Jamaica, and for America as well, playing for so many different leagues in MLS, and now doing cybersecurity, uh, protecting our countries and, and watching over us in various ways. Kari, thank you so much for joining us on the show today. Um, I have a question for you, sir, and it's based on uh, our company's name, which is Be More Today. It's a phrase that we've used for a number of um, things. It's, it's our mantra. It's our it's our motto. It's our pledge. Um, so when you hear the phrase "Be more today," uh, what does it mean to you? So I think that the phrase "Be more today" to me, you know, means being the best version of yourself. You know, what can you do today to become a better version of yourself? Whether it's 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 something internal or it's you know, helping someone become a better version of themselves. Yeah, that's definitely it. I mean, everyone's been saying some kind of version of that, but for everyone, it's it's still this motto of, you know, the best version of you. And I, I do think that showcasing that every day is tough, 
but we can definitely do it. Um, same question for you is simple. So you and I were actually uh, well, 18, 19 um, when we were in school together. And I'm sure a lot of people gave you a lot of advice when you were at Choate, as they gave me a lot of advice when I was there also. What's one tidbit of advice that you wish someone had shared with you that you had taken, <laughs> taken <laughs> into consideration when you were 18 years old? You know, I, I think about this a lot more today than ever. And it's like, don't rush to become an adult. <laughs> mm-hmm. yes. Like, like who, who wants to deal with bills and responsibilities? <laughs> <laughs> So, but yeah, I mean, you know, obviously, you know, it's, it, it's a part of, of life of, of growing up. And, you know, if like my dad used to say, son, you know, why are you in such a hurry? And if you think about it, like, you know, when you're younger, you know, I'm not sure if your dad had a beard and he was shaving. You're like, oh, I want facial hair because mm. I want to shave. Mm. And I was like, great. Shaving is one of the most annoying things that you can do. But hey, I wanted it. Right. So. You know, if 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 I could be a kid forever, that would be awesome. Uh, I hear that for sure. I definitely do. I I hey, a life for that bill is be a good life right now. But, uh, <laughs> right. <laughs> it is. It is what it is. Uh, so, Karin, name me one thing that you may have on your bucket list. You know, um, so you know, I've I've lived such an adventurous life. And it's not, and being adventurous is not an innate characteristic of mine, which is, it's weird. Um, so for me, it's really, you know, you know, being a positive influence on the world. Like, I think that that's something that will always be on my bucket list. Obviously, that's not something that you can ever cross out. But, you know, I think it ties into the, the be more, be more today. You know, but seeing how, how 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 well I can positively impact people in the world so to help them to become better versions of themselves. Yeah. My my bucket list is not I need to jump out of a plane. I need to go climb Kilimanjaro. Mine is like, you know, how can I be the best version of myself to to help to, to be a role model to people? Yeah, yeah, I like that a lot. Um so I don't know if you noticed in that car, I wrote a book. Uh, the book is called Be More Today, A 40-Day Guide to a Better Version of You. And in the book, I outline these, what I call steps to greatness. They are things that uh, I encourage people to start doing, stop doing, or setting goals for their lives for a certain period of time. So 2020 was supposed to be the year for many things. Mm-hmm. Um, but what's something that you wanted to or have already started to do this year, 2020? You know, um, and, and a part of what I previously said, like not being super adventurous, you know, part of that is, is me coming out of my bubble and, and exploring nature more. I think the world has so much to offer from its natural beauty. So I want to go and explore more of nature. Like over here, there are some huge national parks. I'm Yellowstone National Park. So I want to explore more of what nature has to offer. Mm, I hear that. What's one thing you want to stop doing? Not work as much. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, you know, and I think a part of this is, is from, from being an athlete, you know, to, to become the best that you can, can be or want to be, you have to put in the work. And I put in a lot to become the best that I can be for, for my work, whether it's doing prospecting or what time is it at 
seven at night or 10 at night, sending an email at 10 at night because um, it will be at the top of someone's inbox. So, you know, I've, I've, I've put a lot of effort into working and I think I need to kind of take a step back and work less. Mm. Right. And that will, it will still help me to be, be more today for tomorrow. I hear that. And one goal that you may have for 2020. You know, what, one of the things that, that this, this lockdown with COVID has taught me, it's, you know, life is short. There are a lot of things that happen. There are a lot of things people, you know, have on a bucket list that they intended to do and never have a chance. So a part of it is um, do what you can with now and try to reconnect with those friends. Like, this is great for me reconnecting with you. And, you know, we, we've always been good friends, but, you know, life has taken us in different directions and we're on different sides of the country. So when I'm free, it's your bedtime and, and, and like, and vice versa. So, you know, really trying to, to do more with now and reconnect with your friends. Yeah. yeah that's, that's a, that's a great point. I, I will say during this COVID-19 time has been great doing these shows because I can really catch up with people Literally, I would not have had time probably to catch up with otherwise. Um, and although I'm still working, I feel like it's easier for me to find people because they're, they're, they're home. <laughs> so uh, it, it just works out well. And, and it's been cool catching up with you, Kari. We've had a lot of fun together at school. And um, Choke was definitely a place that fostered growth and community. I mean, I never would have met you or anyone in our, in our circles of friends, uh, you know, without Cho being in our lives. So really appreciate that. Absolutely. Likewise. Um, any final tips you want to share uh, for up and coming athletes, uh, future soccer slash football players, or anyone trying to get into cybersecurity? Uh, Cause now you're an expert in all of those. <laughs> um, on, on the sports side of things, it's, you know, talent will can only get you so far. So it's always, always put in the work and, and, and you never know who's watching. You truly never know who's watching. It could be the number one scout in for your sport could be driving through and come across a park to like stretch your legs and you're out there doing your thing. And they see something new that they would have never seen had you not been right there. Um, and yeah, so it's, it's put in the work, keep working hard, keep trying, you know, you will always have setbacks. Um, push through those setbacks. Um, you'll have to make a lot of sacrifices because nothing comes easy. And and from the, the cybersecurity side, like do your research. You know, there are a lot of companies out there that say they do a lot of things that they do do a lot of things. But yeah, do your research. Find um, find find a company that you know you might align with their their goals and their mission statements, or they may have a, a pretty interesting product. Um, do research, speak to people because, you know, you only know what you know, right? So. Awesome. That's all I got. Awesome. No, that's great. That's great advice. Uh, Kari, let the listeners know where they can find you, where they can follow you. Um, all those things, either regard to soccer tips or again, uh, cybersecurity stuff. Yes. Yeah, so I'm there. You know, I probably use Instagram more than the rest of them. You can find me at Kari Lasano. Lasano is my middle name. Um, I'm on Twitter, Kari Stevenson. You Google me, you'll see me with a little blue check mark. Apparently, that's a that's a thing. <laughs> so yeah, reach out. I, I have a lot of young kids that reach out to me around advice and soccer advice. Mm. So 
But yeah, um, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm easy to find. Send shoot me a note. Shoot me a note. I'm around. Awesome. Awesome. I appreciate you making the time for us today. I really, really appreciate it. It's so good to hear your voice and I'm glad you're doing well uh, in sunny California. Um, thank you so much for being a guest on the Be More Today show. Yeah, man. You know, it's, it's been great catching up. We should do this again. Yeah, man. Have absolutely. <laughs> Guys, our quotation again for today is all change comes from keeping small promises. The short distance between you and the future you dream about is action. So just like Kari said, you got to put that work in, make promises to see yourself and keep them and it will pay off. The man said, you're going to see setbacks and you are going to see setbacks. He's played on the biggest stage, the biggest names. And if he saw setbacks, we're going to see setbacks as well. So keep your, your promises, make them, put them on your wall, write them down, whatever you have to do. And look at the future you as something that can actually happen because it will happen. To be more today. Uh, Facebook page and Instagram pages are up and live and moving around. So please follow them, subscribe to them, follow us on our website. Also be more today.com. That's be more today.com. Everything for our music, our book, our podcast information. There's so much happening with be more today right now. So please keep up to breath with what's going on with us. You can also look at us on YouTube. Our YouTube page is up and you can subscribe for our workouts. We have workouts that are happening every single week. And we now have a Strava group for those of you who are runners or people who like to just work out in general. Our Strava group is the Be More Today group. It's called Be More Today on Strava. So if you have Strava, go on there, look for our logo, and join us. We're doing a lot of activities, especially during this quarantine season. And I'm looking for you to join our team just to make sure that you're keeping yourself accountable and always on the move. The Be More Today show is found on Spotify, Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, CastBox, and Google Play. And yes, folks, we are found right now in 10 countries. So we're moving, we're grooving, and we're growing. Thank you so much for your support. We do have a con contribution page in our, on our site. So if you want to contribute anything to the show, uh, all is appreciated. And if you want to see other guests on the show or have questions for our guests, you can email us at bemoretoday at gmail.com. That's bemore, the number two day at gmail.com. For those of you who don't know, Words for Life is moving and grooving. And you can check out the Words for Life. Um, volume three is in uh, all platforms right now. So support Terrence and everything he's doing. That's my guy. Uh, he's doing some great things out there to support the movement. And for all other things, folks, check us out every single Monday for the Be More Today show, airing on all podcasts and coming always to you wherever you are. As I always say, have a good day. Have a good night. Have a great life. And continue to take your steps to greatness to be the best version of you. Peace! I'm going to be